Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Welcome back to Believe in Softball. I'm your host, Jenna Becerra. And when I was prepping for this episode, I found myself thinking about how grateful I am that we've been able to have nonstop softball this year. It's still been a really hard year, and there's still a lot going on. I can't believe it's already basically Q4. But what a light our game has been. And we're not done yet. So some reminders for ways to keep up with the show. Follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Believe in Softball. That's B-L-E-A-V. Subscribe to Believe in Softball on YouTube and actually watch the episodes too. All right, let's go through today's order. First, we'll cover our bases, give you some news and updates of the softball world as usual. Then we'll head into today's interview, friend of the show, Victoria Hayward. This is the second time we've had her on, actually, but so much has happened since the first time, and we get into all that. She's just an outstanding ambassador of the game, so I'm really excited for you to hear it. And then we'll end things with the foul tip of the week, where we share tips to help us get better. All right, let's get going. Covering our bases. We're back and better than ever. All eyes are on the gridiron as teams are back on to start another football season. Shout out to Stanford for beating USC, by the way. Go card forever. And as always, BetOnline is your number one spot for all the pro and college football action this season. With a new updated site and interface, even more odds, props, and contests, BetOnline continues to be the number one source for everything football. So head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today to receive your 100% welcome bonus. That's double your initial deposit just for signing up. Don't forget to use promo code NFL100. Bet online, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. And bet online, don't forget, your online sportsbook experts. So that's for the fan in us. And for the athlete in us, I got something for you too. So I'm hearing that Lamar Odom might be returning to pro basketball in Spain. And he might even try out for Pau Gasol's team. He's been taking a new product that's been helping him get back into it, and it's called Balance 7. It's a pH-balancing alkaline supplement drink, basically like vitamins or supplements in liquid form. Just one ounce a day, three times a day, and in a week, you'll see the effects. When you're training and working out, sometimes you just need help to fuel and recover, especially as we get older. Products that can give you a boost when you're in the thick of it like that are helpful, and it only gets more important. In Lamar's case, you can see how Balance 7 has helped. And right now, if you go to balance7.com and use the promo code BELIEVE, you'll get $10 off their 32-ounce bottle. The bottle lasts 11 days, which is the perfect amount of time to feel the pH balancing drink go to work. Again, that's balance7.com and use the code BELIEVE at checkout. I did. If it worked for him, it can work for you too. Lots of news around the softball world these days. So first, I'll start off with college. The Women's College World Series is now going to be extended. So the committee approved adding two days to the event starting in 2022, this next season, which means it will be nine days instead of seven, like it is right now. This eliminates the doubleheader for the teams that lose on day one. It's a grind. And it gives a rest day for teams who actually make it to the finals. So really overall, obviously, this is better for the student-athletes' well-being and even just for dealing with weather delays and issues that they have sometimes in Oklahoma City. Like, that's life when you're out in the elements playing an outdoor sport. 
And apparently the coaches in the NFCA gave that feedback, including coaches who have actually competed on that stage, which is always helpful. And the venue itself in Oklahoma City and ESPN, the broadcast partner, are both very supportive of this new format, which is always a good thing. I would say, you know, we're not at the finish line yet with this. Still think that there can be more that we do for the Women's College World Series, but this is certainly progress. And I think it's a great example of when we use our voice, because so many of us were very loud about this, especially on social media, it can have an impact. Remember when the NCAA Women's Basketball Tournament basically had a non-existent weight room, and then we were all super loud on social media about it, and all of a sudden they had a good one? (laughs) I'm not saying it was the reason in these situations, but it doesn't hurt, that's for sure. And then there's conference news in the Big 12. We've been talking so much about the rest of the Power 5 conferences. It's the Big 12's turn. BYU, Houston, and UCF are officially joining the Big 12. So is Cincinnati, but they don't have softball, so we don't care about them. I'm kidding, but kind of serious. BYU is joining from the West Coast Conference, and they'll be there for the 2023-2024 school year. Houston and UCF are both coming from the American Athletic Conference, the AAC, and they're going to join in the summer of 2024. And, and these programs really, too, they've been building for a really long time. It's not like this is just out of thin air. Yes, of course, it's a reaction to the departure of Texas and OU, but these programs are not random that they're choosing. It's been a long time that they've been wanting to be considered to join the Power Five. And for these schools, too, it's going to help not only with TV revenue and getting more exposure, but also recruiting at the end of the day, too. And I think all of that adds up to growth for the sport, which is what we're always after. The overlap time, I have to say, in the Big 12, like before Texas and OU go to the SEC, there's going to be a little bit of overlap for some of the sports, so it's going to be wild. But, you know, that's life these days. Miranda Elish also, just more tea that I have to spill about the Big 12. The two-time All-American. I mentioned it before on the show that she was in the transfer portal, which was shocking. But now the news is set. She's officially transferring to Oklahoma State. So she's going to play her last year of eligibility there in 2022. And I, you know, to me, transferring twice is always interesting. It's just a lot of change in such a short amount of time. Although I will say the events of the last couple of years have been anything but normal. So there's that. But just to think that she followed Mike White from Oregon to Texas and had success, and now she's leaving. So it's just, it's interesting. And also the fact that she's staying in conference, at least for now, again, it will still be the Big 12, the Texas and OU, is also interesting. So I think there's just going to be a lot of aspects for us to keep an eye on in the Big 12 this coming season. But then when it comes to the name image likeness piece that we're going to see a lot more of, we've already started, but we're going to see a lot more of in 2022. One cool thing actually that came out is Montana Fouts is the Cameo Queen. So the Cameo app, if you're not familiar with it, is where you can basically go to pay to have personal interactions with famous people. You can get video messages for your mom's birthday if you want or calls, DMs, etc. They basically make a cameo, which is where the name comes from. So the top 10 most booked NCAA athletes on the app came out recently, and she's first by a lot. The other nine are all male athletes, but she is at the top, like, undisputed. I think it's pretty epic for softball, and it's pretty epic for women's sports. And it's an example of how NIL can help women's sports specifically. Female athletes have brands 
and a social following too. And I think this could help even the playing field with this kind of exposure. And speaking of exposure, also have some first pitch queens out there with Major League Baseball. There have been a lot of softball players that have had the opportunity to throw the ceremonial first pitch at pro baseball games. I mean, Monica Abbott did it at the San Francisco Giants right after the Olympics, which, by the way, send positivity her way because she does have a fracture in her left hand. She got hurt during the Japan Softball League, the pro league out there. So just send positivity her way. She said she's okay, but she could always use it. But she kind of started things off with the first pitch situation. Then Kat did it at the Houston Astros. So both of them kind of doing like their hometown teams. But she also did it at the Chicago White Sox, which is where Athletes Unlimited is. So Kat's an overachiever. Not news to us. Janet Leung, Jenna Kyra, Erica Polidori, and Natalie Wooderman at the Toronto Blue Jays. All of them, Team Canada, all bronze medalists, got to throw the first pitch out. Really cool to see that. I love seeing that too in Canada specifically because, yes, hello, the Blue Jays are there. G. Juarez, who's from the Arizona area, got to throw one out for the Diamondbacks. Patty Gasso and Tari Jennings from Oklahoma got to do it at the LA Dodgers game, right? It's just like more recognition for our sport, and I'm here for it. And that's it. That's the tweet. Then there's Athletes Unlimited. I always have plenty to say about this because we're in the thick of it, and it's just so fun. Like, this is where it's at. So week three just wrapped up. I have to say... Bubba Nichols is now a part of Athletes Unlimited after the departure of Sammy Williams due to injury. We talked about this last week. First at bat, first pitch she sees in AU, she takes it yard. Love it. This is stuff I eat up. Deja Malipola also hit two home runs. This is all on the same day, same team, right? So to me, it's like, this is the duo that we actually, we knew we needed, We loved them together. They're rookies. They're silver medalists with Team USA. And you know what? Back the pack, baby. UCLA and Arizona right there. I always back the pack. Everybody knows this. Speaking of the pack, Ortez and Flippin, the Utah alums, were in the infield together. So last week, we basically had Anissa Ortez and Amanda Chittister in the same lineup. So you get Chitty Bombs, the longest ever, 279 feet. Not a big deal. And then this past week specifically... Urtez and Flippin are in the infield together. I think I would sum this up as hashtag blessed. Now, I still need them up the middle together before the season is over because she, Urtez played short and Flippin played third. And what we really love is when Flippin's at second and they have that up the middle energy. So I still need that before the season's over. We have a little bit of time. And then there's Kat. We always talk about Kat because how can you not? But I think this week was the most interesting, probably, that we've seen in some ways in Athletes Unlimited for her. Really, there were some hitting adjustments, and teams were able to beat her. She looked hittable for the first time in a while, right? Lorenz, Amanda Lorenz, hit two home runs off of her at four RBIs. And, you know, she got the water dumped on her after the game for a reason. That's a big deal to do that against Kat. And there were a couple of pinch hit RBIs also in the first game of the weekend. And then a Another decisive loss in game two. And we're just not used to seeing her give up multiple earned runs like that. We're just not. But I have to say for the hitters, that's what professionals do. You adjust, you learn from other people's at-bats, and you capitalize if the pitcher's not feeling their, their best, you capitalize on it and you attack anything near and around the zone, right? And not all the pitches, they weren't bad pitches. They were just going after it and being a little bit more aggressive, right? Right. 
And I think, you know, the fact that hitters have more live pitching reps leading into AU this year, too, probably didn't hurt either. But with all this being said, game three of the weekend, Kat made her own adjustments in the circle. She comes back after two losses and really three in a row for her teams carrying on from the previous week. She throws a shutout win with 10 strikeouts to leapfrog from eighth place to third place and become a captain again. That's what professionals do, too. She said in a post-game interview after that, like, you know, I don't want to say I didn't care, but yeah, I kind of didn't care about what place I was in on the leaderboard. I just wanted to get the win for my team and go out there and throw. And I love that she threw herself back out there. And you know what? This all ends up with her being in blue. She's in third place, never been blue before. She's always been gold when she's been a captain until this year when she was orange, but she was on the orange team. She pointed this out to me. She reminded me. The very, very first week of Athletes Unlimited last year, when the captains were pulled based on the scrimmages, she was on Team Orange. And then after that, it had been gold ever since, until recently, orange, and now blue. And you know what? It's about time she's in blue. I think new year, new journey. And I don't know if she thought she would be a captain this week. She kind of told me as much, and I was like, you know what? If, If any of us know anything, it's that to never count her out. And that was made very, very clear this weekend. So I'm kind of thinking, right, everyone calls her the GOAT, maybe a new acronym, which is actually CAT. How about this? C-A-T. Clutchest all time, cool, calm, collected all time, whatever you want to do. I'm a nerd, but she's the CAT. So I just think it's important for young players, though, watching to see that. That's really my point here. It's not about never stumbling. It's how you react to it. And that's the learning and the beautiful part of what we saw this past week. More beautiful moments that we also saw were just all the feels with Abby Ramirez's dad, Ruben, throwing the first pitch on the 20th anniversary of 9-11. And the story is, you know, he's been in the police force for a really long time. And back then, he actually traveled from Chicago, where she's from, and volunteered to help clean up and rescue and do all the work that he could in New York after the attacks. So for the actual pitch itself, Abby caught him. And I think it was just a great personal way to acknowledge those tragic events and really pay respect to the people like him who were heroes during that time. So I loved that. And then it was also athlete causes week and the athletes got to write their causes, the organizations they're playing for this season and raising money for on posters at practice and talk about why they're playing for those organizations and why those causes are dear to their heart. And I I think that's always a good thing. But also, you know, Kat mentioned this, Victoria Hayward mentioned this, like a lot of these athletes, they have things that they care about deeply and causes that they want to support, but they don't have as much money to give compared to professional baseball players, for example. Like they just don't. That's the nature of those multi-million dollar contracts that you see in MLB versus what we see in pro softball today. So this is just a great way for them to make a significant impact. And I think it's one of our favorite parts of Athletes Unlimited. It's one of those things that makes it so great. So then now, for this weekend, the week four draft was shaping up in a really interesting way. So some of the things that I am looking forward to. So firstly, Amanda Chittister, first-time captain. She's Team Gold. Jake Wish is Team Orange. Osterman is Team Blue, as mentioned. And Alicia Ocasio is Team Purple. I feel like she's kind of – like when I think about Alicia Ocasio playing in AU – I think of her in purple. She's been in that captain spot so many times. Um, But the draft was interesting. Like I said, Chitty took Anissa Urtez, the fiance, first, which is 
obviously adorable, but honestly also smart. Like this is an extremely talented player. And if you listened to the last episode, you're fully aware of that. If you weren't already from just watching her play. And then she took Kaylee McClenney second in the back-to-back pick she had. So to me, this was really smart because she locked in the leaders on defense right away. You know, the shortstop, Anissa Ortez, she's the anchor in the infield. Kayla McClenney is center field. She's the anchor in the outfield. So smart move in that regard. And then Alicia Ocasio stole Gwen Speckis earlier on in the earlier rounds. And I just, you know, after her and Kat had finally reunited this past week, I thought maybe Kat would try to do that again. But Ocasio got her. She also got a couple of other picks that Kat typically makes, like Kelsey Stewart, Odyssey Alexander. And, you know, I just I just got the vibe. We're stealing picks this week. That's kind of the thing. And we talked to Victoria about that later, by the way, so stay tuned. But so with that being said, Kat's team has a very different look than maybe what we've seen in the past. But she did take Deja Malipola soon after Gwen was gone, and then Taylor Edwards later on. And so she has her sort of like comfortable catchers. And to me, that might mean maybe she's going to throw a little bit more this week. She's thrown less overall innings-wise this year than last year. Maybe she'll throw a little bit more. I don't know. She also threw a ton of pitches this past week, so we'll see. But also, Sierra Bryan is the third outfielder on her team in the lineup, and we haven't gotten to see her play as much in the outfield. She's been doing a lot of pinch running, so that'll be a new look for us too. Savannah Jaquish went hard on the offense. I think it's kind of on brand, right? Like Her offense is ridiculous, so why not? She's been struggling a little bit, but her team has been winning games and winning innings. So here she is again in the captain spot. But she takes Tori Vidalis and Jesse Warren. Now, to me, for the corners right there, Jake Wish is a catcher and she can play the corner. If she picks two people like that who you really don't want to not have in your starting lineup at any time, I think that means she's going to plan to catch a little bit more. So that's going to be interesting, too. She's definitely been doing both the whole season. Um, But when you have two really strong corners like that, I think catching is in her future. Then there's Kaylee Clifton, Megan Wiggins, Aliyah Andrews. Like these are just some strong bats that you got in the lineup in different ways too, not just power, but Andrews too with the versatility. I also think some of the picks that the captains made were really versatility picks. For example, when Chitty picked Sidney Romero, who is designated as a middle infielder, when she already had Anissa Urtez and Ali Aguilar. That's interesting, right? Because again, those are three people that you want all of them in your starting lineup typically. But let's not forget that Romero can play third base. She did it in college. She's done it with Team Mexico too. So like you have options there. They don't have to play the position that they're drafted for. You can do whatever you want once people are on the team. So I would say the same too when she drafted her best friend, Samantha Fisher, Sammy is what we always called her growing up. It's weird for me to say Samantha. So that was weird. Sorry, Sammy. Um, but she drafted her too, when, who often plays first base. She can also play other positions, played shortstop in college. But she drafted Sammy when she already had herself as a first baseman too. But Chichester can also catch, right? Like, I mean, she hasn't done that really in Athletes Unlimited, but she can. And I would also say don't sleep on the DP spot. That could also be a great place for someone to slot in and make it even if you're not on defense you can make that impact on offense so I'd look out for that also I want to call out Alicia Ocasio and Erica Piancastelli are back together because not only did she get Gwen she also got Erica they were a really good duo last year in Athletes Unlimited and I think it probably contributed for both of them in, in terms of success on the leaderboard and it's an interesting pick 
because you can also put Erica in the outfield because you probably want Gwen to get a lot of catching time too, but Erica plays outfield as well. She's done a little bit in AU, did it for Team Italy. She has that versatility too. And the outfielders, the three other ones who were drafted as outfielders, don't usually play center field. At least they haven't much in Athletes Unlimited. doesn't mean they can't. They're very capable. But Amanda Lorenz, Janie Reed, and Jasmine Jackson are the three other outfielders. I would guess that we'll see Reed there just in terms of speed and the experience she has as an Olympian, et cetera. But again, just a little bit different look that we're going to see. Overall, it's just interesting because of the mix-up. Chitty's a first-time captain, Cat's blue, so she's never been in that draft order, in that, in that spot in the draft before. And I think there's going to be some lineup combos that we just haven't really seen. And really, at the end of the day, the only thing that's consistent in Athletes Unlimited is that there's never a dull moment. And one of the leaders of AU is today's guest. So let's head into the interview. She's the Softball Canada captain, Olympic bronze medalist now, defending Athletes Unlimited top four finisher, president or chairperson of the AU Player Executive Committee and forever Washington Husky, Victoria Hayward. Vic, I'm so excited to have you back. Hey, Jenna. Thanks for having me. Lots changed since we last chatted, so it'll be a fun chat. Right? I mean, even like when I was thinking about how to intro you, I was like, wow, lots lots to update here. Like, <laughs> just life has happened since the last time. Yes, yes, yes. So much life. So much life and a lot of softball, which is always a good thing. Of course. And I have to say, you are actually one of only two guests that have ever been like returners that have repeated on the show. It's you and Natasha Watley. So I feel like I have some top tier, like return. Very, I'm in very good company. That's for sure. I'm so is she, I assure you. So is she, <laughs> but I mean, like we said, last time was over a year ago, wild full quarantine mode before the Olympics, mm-hmm. before athletes unlimited even started the first season, which is crazy. And then since then, you've got yourself a couple medals, like one of the athletes in limited variety, but then the bronze too. I mean, have you even caught your breath is my first question. Uh, And that answer is no. Um, It has, it's been wild. Um, I think when we were first kind of planning, because as you mentioned, I'm the chairperson of the player executive committee. So when we were first planning out the season and when we wanted it to start, this was pre-pandemic and we were thinking, okay, three weeks after the Olympics, that's plenty of time to kind of decompress and and go into the next thing. Then we have the pandemic. It all lasts way longer than it should. Thank goodness the Olympics happened. But now having lived that, those three weeks, just like that, just to to be back on the field and be back in softball environment, it it felt like we never left. Um, which is good in terms of skills and stuff, but it was just, it's been a lot mentally. And now um, I just accepted the coaching job at San Diego state university. So I'm getting back into coaching. So we're balancing a lot of things right now, but I feel like that's usually where I thrive is just having a lot of things in the air. So taking it day by day, but super grateful for, for everything that's happened and to be able to play again. Um, The energy around AU has been awesome. So it's, it's, it's been really, really fun. You do always have a lot of things in the air. And yes, the assistant coaching job should have mentioned that in your intro too. like throw that onto the list of things that have changed and evolved. 
(laughs) It is, it is, but I am excited to kind of touch on all these different things because that's actually one of my favorite things about you, I think, is that you have so many things going on. It seems like you're always in a leadership position of some Mm -hmm. kind as well, whether it's like your Canada's captain, AU, like PEC leader, like now you're going to be a coach. Clearly, it seems like you and leadership just go hand in hand. Well, I appreciate that. Something I'm really passionate about. Um, I think I just am very people focused and very people centric. And so um, that kind of in my personality of just being like a go getter, um, willing to kind of put my head down and work and then say what needs to be said and, and just um, I mean, I've, I've had a lot of really great opportunities come my way. And so, I mean, to earn captain of, of the Canadian national team was like such an honor and even to be considered for the PEC and now to be able to like work through it and kind of be in that daily mode. I think, um, a lot of athletes that probably didn't know me in that capacity have gotten to know me in that capacity, which is fun. And then, um, I'm so passionate about teaching people, teaching leadership and all that. And so, staying in the game in, in that coaching role just gives me the ability to continue to, to pass that along to people, which um, is super special and you can make such a big impact. Something that has stuck with me that you're reminding me of right now from the first time we talked is I remember asking you like, all right, what are some like Heatherisms? Like what did coach Tar tell you that has stuck with you forever? Yeah. And the thing that you said is how you do anything is how you do everything. And I've actually like brought that up multiple times since then, by the way. So that's now I've adopted a Heatherism. I feel really special. Um, But I feel like that's sort of, that seems like it's a guiding principle to your life. I mean, not to put words in your mouth, but like I said, it's like all of these things you go after a hundred percent and you do like not only participate, but also lead. So that, that is something that I think is, is really, really cool. And, um, I'm sure coach Tar does as well. <laughs> yeah. I think about it all the time. Um, I think just the biggest piece is just consistency in who you are and how you show up every day. Um, and I had really great role models in my life that were able to do that to kind of show. And that's so important in, in a leadership position It's just people know what they're going to get from you and they know, um, kind of the input that you'll put in. And I think that's been just a challenge through these times and through change and through all that is okay. Regardless of what's going on, how do you show up consistently and how do you show up as, as the best version of yourself as consistently as possible to, to let all these other awesome things happen and just to also bring out the best in other people. So that's, that's kind of something that I think about all the time. And especially here at AU when you're getting to know new teammates and just, getting to know new players now at San Diego state. So how can I just be, how can they get to know me and my true self and then just be able to rely on that every day? Right. Right. And I, I feel like you've been successful doing that in multiple environments, which that maybe, maybe that's like a true testament to success too. In some ways, it's like, you're able to repeat the success that you have in terms of building relationships and leading Maybe we'll start with Canada because like we said, you have a million things that are going on and there's a million places we could start. But with Team Canada, I feel like you guys were just so 
the, you guys were just gelling so perfectly at the same time. And I know that it wasn't just then, right. There was so much buildup and, and work that went into that, but the, the energy and the presence on the field that you guys had was, it, it made it impossible to think you guys weren't going to get a medal, to be honest, just as an observer. I don't know if you felt that way at the time. Mm-hmm. I, I, I did. I did for sure. Um, I think although the game doesn't owe you anything, I think just the, the act of like doing the right thing and just working really hard, keeping your nose down, like checking every box and just playing the game the right way. And all of those things, like there's that little piece of you that hopes that that means something in a big moment, whether that's like a ball falling. Like I think back to MN Minger's single, like it was not pretty, it was not, but she's somebody who just did not get any glory that whole time and had worked this worked so hard and was such a huge part of our team. So for her to be able to have a big moment in that bronze medal game to, to have a huge RBI is so cool. Um, but I think that like camaraderie that you see on the field, it's so real. It was so real for our team. It still is real. Um, because we just endured so much together. So a lot of just teams, they were maybe together and then went home and kind of had their own lives. And we really did. We were together for, days and days and days, like months. So just to see people at their worst, see them at their best, see them go through adversity and support them through that was just kind of made those moments of finally getting there, finally arriving and like being able to actually enjoy the moment. And so we had built such great relationships to where the, those were the people that we wanted to enjoy those moments with. It didn't matter that fans couldn't be there. I mean, it crushed us, but fans, our family couldn't be there, but the only people that really understood the journey were the people on the field. And so we soaked up every moment of just connecting and looking into each other's eyes and just cherishing the moment. And, um, that comes through for us. We connect on a very like emotional kind of eye contact body language level. Um, and does, a lot doesn't have to be said, you know, where each other are at, we know each other so well. So, um, you could, you could see that energy on the field and, um, and we could certainly feel it. It makes sense. I find that it becomes easier to work together as a team when you have the same shared values, right? And it it was clear to me that that was the case with Team Canada. But if you had to summarize what those values are, Mm -hmm. how would you do it? I mean, trust for sure. Um, And we had been struggling with this for a lot of years, but ultimately like vulnerability. And I think being together so long and just going through the pandemic together and just everyone was so open and how they were feeling, sharing where they were. I mean, every single person on our team went through a place where they weren't their best self and and they were open to sharing that and um, having one another support them through that time. So our team was super vulnerable, super honest, um, and then just really hardworking and just dedicated all in. So I think when you couple people willing to do whatever it takes to um, just willing to support one another through that. Um, we had all the tools that we needed to, to be able to be confident in one another in a big moment. I love that you guys communicate a lot too, because I saw, for example, like you talked with Daniel Laurie about like visualizing that first at bat at the Olympics, Mm -hmm. like against Mexico. And I think you said you had been doing that since the schedule was released, right? You're like, I was visualizing Mm -hmm. this moment for so long. 
how important has visualization been for you and for the team? Like what fa- like what role did that play in yeah. your Olympic journey? It was huge. Um, that was kind of during the pandemic, we couldn't be together. We couldn't play. We couldn't, um, so much was taken from us, but that connection and the mental game were kind of things that we could really focus on. And so we had an amazing um, mental performance coach named Dr. Wade Gilbert. And he was huge in just like keeping us connected and um, like challenging us with these activities. And at first, maybe we had started it before the pandemic. And I think some people were bought in and and could see it. But then when it was really our only method of training, it was like, okay, we got to be all in on this. And hey, whether you think it works for you or you maybe don't like it, like we're all going to buy in. And so week by week, we'd attack one game that we were going to play in order of how we play them, studying the pitchers, studying their tendencies, visualizing how we wanted to approach them, um, visualizing what the stadium would look like, how it could potentially feel. Um, and so talk and then talking about it. What did you think? how did you see the game going? So then our goal was we had so many first time Olympians that you can never really project how you're going to feel or how you're going to interpret the experience, but how could we have our experience as much mentally, physically, emotionally as possible before we actually got there so that we weren't, you know, caught up in the, the weight of the moment or like the gravity of each pitch. And we could really kind of have already maybe experienced or, or thought that through or whatever to be able to just be free. And so um, it was great conversation starter. We'd, we'd reflect in groups. We'd reflect people in our position and then kind of um, open up some conversations about some technical stuff that we hadn't really dove into quite as deeply. So that time was huge. And, and so when Danielle was like, need this AB, I was like, dude, I've been thinking about this AB for a really long time. Don't you worry. I got, I got you. Um, but it was just, and, and Danielle had visualized her role as a closer and just hopefully not being so nervous throughout the start of the game. So, um, it was fun. And, 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 uh, I, I do think that was a huge part of, of how we could be confident and kind of just let our play play in the big moment manifestation is so real because literally the two things that you just said, like your first at bat, Danielle being the closer, like all of those things came to fruition, but you did have to visualize that first. And I don't know, this is the type of thing that we talk about when we say like, be a student of the game. Like you're talking about all the studying that you did, right? It's like, not just a phrase that we throw out there. Like there's so much that goes into it and being that like sort of lifelong learner of softball and life really, like it all comes together on the field, but it, there are so many other factors is huge. And I think it's, it's really cool that those moments in the Olympics, like with, I don't know, some of the people who had been there for so long, like you and like Jen and Danielle. And I feel like really blessed just from my side of having the trifecta, which is you three on the show at this point, it's like the best. Yeah, they, um, it was so cool just as fans of them and just people that have been a huge part of my journey and helping me get to those two helped me get to Washington. So they were huge parts of just my whole softball career in general. Um, but I think the game, we like to say like the game knows the game knows who's put in the work and, and who, and so I think that is just kind of came through in, in their performances and their ability to play free and, and just have the Olympics that they did have, which is the only way you want to go out after, after such storied careers in the game. 
hundred percent. And I also know that I saw you posting like on social media and stuff about, I'm going to miss you guys. Like, do you have to go, you know, because there are so many people like the Jen, Danielle, like Kaylee Rafter, like Lauren, like so many of your teammates that Mm -hmm. were around for a really long time that you played with that are now kind of moving into retired life. Um, what do you see going forward? Um, a lot of unknowns, which is a challenge because honestly, like the, the national team and those people have been kind of the most consistent piece of my life. Like we talk about me having a lot of balls in the air team Canada was always something that I had. And those people were, were something, a huge part of my life. And so for the last decade, um, so I don't know yet what team Canada looks like without those people. I'm not, I, I would be lying if I said I was excited to see what team Canada is like with those, like those people are just, they're like family. And so, um, a lot of unknowns, we don't know who our coaches, we don't know kind of what the schedule looks like. We don't know what the funding looks like. So, um, a lot of question marks around what it looks like moving forward, which is hard. Um, especially after coming off of such a high and feeling like this should be just the beginning. Like we did this awesome. Okay. Next steps. And it just, um, it feels very uncertain right now. So, still figuring that out. Um, but there are so many awesome people that are just beginning their careers for team Canada. Like I think of Kelsey Hirschman and Emma Ensminger and Janet Leung and just their, there are a lot of bright lights that are going to continue to, to keep the culture rolling and, and are going to be such a foundation for maybe 2028 or who, or who knows, but I'm excited for them to kind of be able to step into some bigger roles for sure. Absolutely. And I mean, the things that you'll share that are obvious forever are like the bonds and relationships you've made. Obviously the hardware, duh, you have, you have that bronze medal, but honestly, can we talk about the denim jackets? as well. The Canadian yes. tuxedo obsessed. Yes. How did this come about? It looked so cool seeing you all wear that. Well, it was very controversial, actually. I think most Canadians were really not liking it. So I had a lot of people ask like, Hey, what do you think? And, and honestly, I was not sold on it until we got them. And I was like, okay, I love it. Okay. I really <laughs> like this to the point of, I brought it to AU and I will be wearing it at some point. Um, but it's been, it's been fun to rock it. We, I think all the Canadians here brought it so we can take some pics together and, and wear it, but, um, definitely controversial, but I will without a doubt be keeping that jacket for the rest of my life. That's a keepsake that will, that will get more utility than the metal. So it's kind of a metal without wearing one. Oh, for sure. I feel like I've seen, yes, you wear it like Jen and her entire family has worn it. Same with Danielle yes. and her girls. Like this is, this is a staple here forever. Yeah. yeah without a doubt. <laughs> I love that. I also loved when you guys like in some of the pictures you took like as a team, but also like, I remember you, I think being on like second base or something and like throwing up the moose antlers, like to your teammates. I love that stuff. Like who first started doing that with you guys? Um, so we had like maybe five years ago started to do some sort of celebration stuff. And so we used to have kind of, we used to do like a hockey shot from first base and the dugout would be like goal, which for the hockey fans out there. So that would be our first base thing. And then second base, we just had all these like corny Canadian things. We tried to incorporate curling, like raking up leaves. And then the moose was kind of the one that was the most fun, but it used to only be for triples. Mm. And then we loved doing it. We get so excited and we're like, we 
need this more. So then it just kind of became for like exciting moments. Um, we kind of ditched the rest of the stuff, but then, um, coach Lonnie came on staff and we embraced a little bit more. I don't think our staff had quite embraced it until, um, coach came around and then it just became like, if you're mooseless, you're juiceless. Like that was our, our competitive edge was having the moose and, and having that be like our spirit animal. And, and so in every picture, it was like us throwing it up and being so excited. And then, um, and then it's fun because we actually had, um, in front of our Canada building at the Olympic village, we had like a big moose. So very Canadian, very on brand. As I've done more research about moose, they've now become like my favorite animal. I think they're super badass. So it just, it's all coming back together. If I get a dog, I might name it moose. So yeah, we're just all in on the moose thing. I love all of this so much. <laughs> well, like I can't even explain. This is, this is one of my favorite things to watch in terms of like all the different cultures coming together, team cultures, but like cultures from each country also like coming together and like how you guys represent that. I love seeing that with the other teams too, like team Mexico with their taco celebration, like with the home runs. Right. And then you guys have the moose thing. It's really, really cool and unique. I think too, like the international space, but also just really fun. Like I love the energy. And I think sometimes it looks silly and yes, but like those little fun pieces of the game are are what remind you that it's supposed to be fun. And it's like in really stressful moments, like you can't be mad when you're like doing the moose ears, like you just can't. So it just, it's a fun, like thing that brings you together somehow to like connect that connection piece of like looking at your teammates, having them do it back and just being so excited. And, um, I love, I've loved seeing our college our international game have more of that, like fun stuff that we do see in college, because I think um, even professionally, I think that's why people love athletes unlimited so much is that it's fun and people are like external and they show their personalities and whatnot. So I think the more our game can highlight the funny people, we have such funny people in our sport. People are hilarious. Um, I think that people are just going to continue to love it. Yes. To me, athletes unlimited is like the college energy with the pro level play you know, Mm. in addition to sort of the point system and that sort of fantasy softball feel like that feels like it's like the perfect overlap between, you know, two of the most important parts of the softball community. Yeah. And it honestly, when we were structuring the league, we didn't necessarily, we, we left space for individuality, but I think it's just that piece has taken on like life of its own, like the team names and the mascots. And now it's like, Oh, we find out a team has this. Let's see if we can partner with the, with that thing, whatever it is. Last year, Jesse Warren, a team Warren was like the Fanta girls. So, Hey, let's reach out to Fanta and see if they like softball and, and this team and everything they have going. So that has truly taken on a life of its own and made it really fun and um, just silly. And, and that is what allows you to relax and ultimately play your best. And so um never imagined that, but now it's like, you're in the draft room after you're drafted. And the first conversation is what's the team name? What are we thinking? What's everybody got? Let's vote. What do we think? So, um, it's just something we never thought would happen, but has, has been a really fun addition. It's super cool. Cause it's so individualized, obviously the format, but then you guys find a way to have team chemistry. Like, Cause that was one thing like going into it that just as an observer, I was interested to see, like things change so much week to week. 
how do you build those relationships and that camaraderie? But it was like, didn't skip a beat with Athletes Unlimited. It was crazy. Yeah, I think it's crazy. You'll find more team, especially because these are people that have played on a lot of teams. They understand kind of the cultures that they want to be a part of. They understand what works. And so I think you can get more buy-in to some of these ideas in a week than some teams maybe get top to bottom in a full season. Um, because there is that sense of sense of urgency. And um, usually it's just a really fun, wild idea that represents kind of the personalities of the team. So um, yeah, it's it's every single person, whether you're a starter or whatever, it's one through 15 buying in and, and just like to the most ridiculous extent, which is just awesome. Um, but I'm looking forward to just continued creativity and just seeing, seeing how fun it can be. And maybe it starts to involve uniforms and fun things like that. Like, I think the sky's the limit for how that like individual team piece, the personality piece can kind of continue to, to transform over the years. I'm super excited to see it. I mean, I think so many good things about athletes unlimited it's crazy to me too. The more I talk to everyone you included, but just how positive everybody feels about it. And it's, mm-hmm. it's somewhat counterintuitive because it's so individualized with the point system, but everybody it's like some of the best, I don't know, bonds that I've seen in softball in a quote unquote, like individual setting. Like, I mean, we've touched on it a little bit, but why do you think that is? Um, I think when you look at the point system and you see the point system in general, it feels very individual, but as a player, you learn very quickly that your own performance does not matter unless your team wins. True. So, um, I think that's always been preached. I think a lot of things that AU is highlighting have always been preached. And we've thought about throughout our software careers, like, Hey, like team first mentality, like the team has to win or like you got to win this inning and it's important, but there was never really any reason to do that. Like people have filled, well, I went four for four. I had a good day and my team lost, but here you're taking the team win over going four for four every day of the week. Like the team needs to win. That's the only way to move up the leaderboard. That's the only way to go. And so, and then winning every inning, there's points online, there's money on the line. Like there is actually something to feasibly win every single moment. And so I think, um, when there's an actual reward or recognition for those things, you're seeing the buy-in, you're seeing the intensity, you're seeing, um, that team play matter more than it ever has. So, um, We've seen some, some of, some of the best players in this league are bottom 10 on leaderboard that, and that has nothing to do with their own ability. They're amazing softball players. It's just, they weren't on teams that won. And it's really hard as a single individual to make, to change a game. So it really is a team sport. And so, um, I think the hesitancy that people had about the leaderboard and about the individual points and whatnot has really, everybody knows it's about the team. And, um, we're going to see some incredibly talented softball players at the low, at the lower end of the leaderboard. And that just speaks to the talent we have in this league and, and, and how the point structure really is still about team, which is what we all wanted. That makes so much sense. One of the things I've loved about AU too, is like you said, the reinforcement of things that we teach young girls playing softball, right? Like you said, like the team first. So yes, team points, inning points, but then even things like 
you get points for a walk or you get points for a sacrifice, right? It's like doing your job, getting on base. Like those things do matter. And those principles are like reinforced with athletes unlimited. The fact that it's been successful also is like, Hey, I guess coaches were right all along, you know, <laughs> like they did teach us the right things and it's totally. turned out really well. And I just, I just think it's such a great job by AU um, to, to figure out how we could do our game in that way. Mm -hmm. And I think we're still learning of how, how it can be better. I think there's always going to be aspects of the game you miss or aspects of the game that maybe aren't equally um, given points. Just there's, there's always going to be something that's flawed, but I think for a game that we wanted point, we wanted team wins to matter and all of that, I think it's, it's doing such a great job. So we'll continue to refine it and hopefully um, continue to make it better. But I think it's doing its job and it's a lot of fun to, to both play and watch, which is exactly what you want. For sure. And as the chairperson of the player executive committee, again, another, just, we've talked about this, but you just always being in the leadership position, but how has that role enhanced your athletes unlimited experience? I think just connection to, to the league and investment in it. Um, I, just as a, as a member of the player executive committee, just, and, and have, having been around since, since the start, I just have felt like I had a hand in a lot of different decisions and a lot of ways that things were structured. And so, um, for people to come up and be like, this league is so great. I love it. This is the most fun I've had playing softball. You've made me fall back in love with the game again. Like all of those comments just make all the really hard work and all, all the stuff we put in so worth it. Um, so I think, I enjoy it as myself, but to see the joy, the buy-in people who didn't play last year, come back and be like, this is so fun. I have, I I'm so glad that I said yes. Um, it's just like such a full, full circle moment. And I get so much joy from that side of it. So of course I want to do well on the leaderboard. Of course I want another top three finish. Of course I want that, but just to see the league, be so competitive and continue to be successful and for everyone to just want to come back and have a really great experience. Like that's, that's the most important win for me. Well, and it probably does help you actually individually anyway, because all it does is bring positivity to you. I have to say, I do think your AU medal that you got at the end of last season was foreshadowing for your bronze medal. I really think it was. I'm very good at winning third place in things. <laughs> I would love to be able to maybe win like second or first, but like I have got third place lockdown, but hey, it's a good place to be. Exactly. Can't really place. Complain, just, uh, hopefully we can start to move up in the world. <laughs> you will. I have no doubts that you will. <laughs> I also love too, though, like speaking of the bronze medal and all that good stuff, but even in AU, like your UW sisterhood follows you everywhere. Like I said, the trifecta, you, Jen, Danielle, but also having like Ali Aguilar, Sis Bates and everybody now in Athletes Unlimited, like go dogs. I, I don't know if I ever thought I'd say that, but I have to. And I will tell you people that I never thought I would hear saying that are saying that around here. The dogs are having fun. Um, we are making people dog fans all over Athletes Unlimited. And I've seen so many fans come in with like Husky stuff on and, um, there's so much good energy around it. And it's been so fun to play with, I mean, with Allie and court again, Courtney Gano, because I played with them 
at school. Um, that was obviously a long time ago. 2014 was the last time we played together. So, and then to just be able to experience Sis and Taryn as teammates, having watched so many of their games and, you know, been connected and known them, but just kind of from a distance. And um, so it's been really fun just to, to see Courtney Gaynor as a mom and have Sis in my kitchen talking about like her future and next steps and how I can help mentor her in some ways. So um, there's absolutely a sisterhood and just a bond. And so it's been really, really fun to be able to kind of like rekindle those relationships and see them thrive. I mean, they're all doing such a great job and they're people that people want on their team and they're making a huge difference. And so, um, I'm so happy for them. One of the coolest parts is you're right. The fact that it's like different phases in life that you're all into, Mm -hmm. like even Danielle calling the games for AU, right? Like she's obviously a, a veteran. Then there's you, then there's sis. Like these are different, like eras, I guess you could say of UW softball and it's all coming together, which is just really, really cool. Totally. And, and we, we talk about that and just, we've all watched one another play. Like I was a recruit and fan of Danielle when she played and now we have this great relationship and sis watched when I was playing and she like, so it's just kind of, it's fun because you feel like, you know, them because you've watched them for so long and you've seen them on campus and, and you feel like you get to know them and you like fall in love with the way they play the game and stuff. And so um, it really feels like it's just so easy to be able to hop back on the field with them, even though we never played together. So that's something I wasn't really expecting is it just, we have the same expectations. We have the same like sense of the game and kind of what's been instilled with us from coach Char that it just, it feels like we've been playing together forever and it's been you know, three days practice. So it's fun. (laughs) Yeah. Well, honestly, it made a lot of sense. Like, obviously I played against you guys and like coach tar and all that good stuff. So I had a feeling and a sense of how you guys were in terms of competing, but, uh, I said trifecta, maybe it's like this, that's the four of you in terms of having coach tar on the pod, because that was so fun. Um, but also like even getting to talk to her in preparation for some Pac-12 networks games and things like that, she's awesome. Like, uh, and it's like, I knew that. Right. But now I know it, if that makes sense. Like I, I, it makes so much sense now seeing like all of you guys, everyone that's gone through that program, especially as somebody who's leading her program and has done so for a long time as an alum, like it all clicked. Like once I started to get to know her a little bit more. Yeah. And it's been fun. Even, um, she was an assistant with team USA. So hearing their perspectives of her as a coach and, I'm excited that she's getting out there and working with more people and, and, and people can see that side of her and, and what she brings to the game because it brought all of us to Washington and it taught us everything we know. And now we still get to, still get to compete at the highest level. So she's great. She's, she's amazing. Love watching her compete. And as you're starting to get back into coaching now, where do you see, what do you want out of your career? Like, where do you see this going? Because you're still playing too. So what do you see for yourself? Um, well, that's, I, I didn't really have intention of getting back into coaching, um, at all. So the, I had planned on moving to San Diego as just a person that wanted to live in San Diego and the job opened up and the universe kind of did its thing. And I had people recommending me and um, I didn't know Stacy Newman at all. So we met, we were chatting 
And we've just really connected over softball and connected over kind of her vision and how I can help support that. Um, so right now my priorities are being a badass assistant coach and making this team like an offense to be, to be reckoned with. And I'm excited about that challenge, getting back into it and then continuing to play for athletes unlimited and, um, maybe team Canada, if that works out and the schedule allows for that. But again, like I said before, I really don't know what that's going to look like. Um, but absolutely want to continue to play and, and just see, get back into coaching and see if that, if that passion is still there. I know the passion for the game is still there for sure. Um, but if I do want to be a head coach or if I want to just be a really awesome assistant or kind of, I still at a time I, I wanted to be a head coach a few years ago and, and kind of drop that from, from my kind of forefront. So excited to just get back in and, and see, see where, where I could see myself in a few years. Cause right now it's just very, I know I want to keep playing and I know I want to be at San Diego state. So the rest will maybe fall into place as we get a little bit deeper in it, but super excited for that opportunity. And, um, I've already had a lot of fun connecting with some of the girls for doing like just before this, we we're doing a little FaceTime hitting, hitting session. And, um, so the distance has been a challenge, but this will be over in the blink of an eye and we'll be right back at it. Yeah, of course. Definitely worth it, I would say. But yeah, not a bad way for you to do this, Vic, I have to say. San Diego, working for Stacey Newman, could have made a worse choice. <laughs> I know. That, that was kind of like, wow, I didn't really think I wanted to coach, but man, this sounds pretty awesome. I know I'm going to learn. I know I'm going to be challenged. I know um, I can make an impact. And it's a place that I want to be because for so long, softball was, I mean, softball is always going to be the core of our lives as much as we want to get away from it. It always finds to sneak its way back in there, but, um, living somewhere that like I was really passionate about living was a huge thing for me, just California girl at heart, Canadian living in California. And I knew I wanted to get back there right when we were done with the Olympics. And so didn't think it was going to happen this quickly, but the universe called and, and it feels like a really, really great fit. So I'm super excited about it. When the universe calls, you have to answer. You have to answer. It's just, it's the rules. And you do answer always, like we said, like pretty much. You always have a million things going on, but they're always all awesome. I do try my best. It's just so crazy, Vic, honestly, like thinking back to when I met you and you visited Stanford. And we talked about this last time when I had you on the show, but, and just looking at you now, it's, it's just wild. Like it's, that was probably, I don't know, 10 years ago or something, but it's, it's really cool to me how people's stories like continue. So it's been awesome watching you, but then also how they come full circle in a lot of ways mm-hmm. too. Yeah. Yeah. I, I found myself in that we, we were at, um, top golf. We went on an athletes unlimited adventure at top golf last night. And, um, we were talking about like the ages of some of the players and I was looking around and I was like, I am one of the oldest people in this league. Like I'm top five oldest people. I was like, things I thought would just never happen. Things I never thought I would still be playing. I never thought I would be coaching. I never thought all these things, but it just felt right. And that's where the journey took you. And then I can't really imagine doing much else at this point. So to your point, had Vic on the visit ever thought that she would still be playing? Like I was going to Stanford for that education and to not ever play softball after (laughs) I was done. Yeah, here I am. So um, yeah, I have that kind of moment of crazy reflection all the time. Um, and just hard, hard to complain about life when you, when you get to do what you love every day and, and be around some pretty awesome people. 
the universe spoke it knew and knew what to do. Also have to ask you top golf. So how is your golf swing slash everyone else's? Some people are insanely good. I am still in that place of figuring out if I'm left-handed or right-handed. Fair. Not good. It's not good, but I'm strategic. So I can manipulate the system a little bit to get some cheap points, but it's not pretty. You know how to get points. That's kind of your thing too. Just a point score. I'm not going to wow you with the home run, but I will like sneak a stack bunt and a stolen base. That was, that's my top golf game. It's very relevant. Hey, honestly, I'm with you. This is why I asked because I'm not good. And I've noticed that softball and baseball players either are really good, like you said, or really bad. Like there's kind of no in between. Yeah. Uh, I'm actually with you too. I hit a little bit left-handed in college, mostly right, but a little bit. I'm actually like no worse left-handed golfing than right-handed. Let's just put it that way. Yeah. 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 They're equally as good and also equally as bad. (laughs) Exactly. Not ideal, but at least with the athletes and limited points, you're, you're all over it. That's, that's what matters. (laughs) All points are created equal out there. (laughs) Are there any tricks of the trade in terms of the point system? Cause it's, it's very much in your DNA, obviously first player to sign, you know, head of the PEC, all that good stuff. Any trick to, mm-hmm. tricks of the trade you're willing to share? Man. Um, I think, I mean, honestly, it's not getting caught up in the point system. I think the point system rewards people who play the game the right way in that being like trying to win innings. And so I think when I view myself as like a piece of a puzzle that can help a team win innings, that's when I'm going to do my best. So just yeah. quality at bats, whether that's getting on a walk, stealing to put me in scoring position for that, for someone like Tori Vidalis to be able to hit me in. Like that is where I find my points, like runner at third sack fly. Like I'm not looking to hit a home run. I'm not looking to do all these things, but if I can just be consistent in my process and have just quality at bats, quality plate appearances, quality base running reads, all that stuff. Like that is how someone like me kind of like nickels and dimes their way in, in the point system. So, um, I think just staying true to who I am as a player in that way and not letting the point system dictate how I play the game. Um, the point system will reward how I play the game if I play the right way. See, this is why you're a great role model. I like give you a chance basically to like talk about yourself and like all basically to be very individualized with how you're thinking about it. And the first thing you say is like, well, I'm trying to help my team win innings. This is it. Folks. When this I is get really selfish and try to hit the ball far. It's a pop-up. I can't, <laughs> man, if I don't know, at some point we should start doing BP outside and let the fans watch because it is just, these people are incredible. Like the people here are, are incredible softball players. So, um, they can do things I will never be able to do, but I just try to be consistent, chip away and just be that annoying person that seems to always be on base. That's my goal. That's my goal. I think (laughs) it's a great goal. Yeah. Let the cool people that hit the home runs behind me, just be the one that gets hit in. Well, I don't know if they could all do what you do either, to be fair. Like you're a triple threat, right? Like not everyone can do that. So don't sell yourself short. (laughs) (laughs) well i mean i've had you on the show before i'd have you on a million more times but i also want to respect your time because you are in the middle of your athletes unlimited season 
So I want to just do a, a quick wrap up. I think we played this game last time, but it was like in the earlier stages of the game. So it maybe has evolved, but it's called Safer Out. And okay. just as a refresher, uh, basically I'll bring something up. And if you like it or you agree with it, you'll call it safe. And if you don't, then you'll call it out. Okay. Pretty, pretty basic. You're, you're a softball master. So, you know, safe now. So the first one is stealing picks in the draft, safer out. Safe. <laughs> I knew it. I love it. Cause it's not really stealing, right? Like it's like, okay, you might know someone else wants them, but like, oh, well, right. Ah, okay. Got to leverage the draft order. All's fair in drafting and war. Yeah. <laughs> it's what it is out here. Got to compete safe. Absolutely. Okay. Love that. Love the, the easy call too. Amazing. Okay. So second one is playing on a converted baseball field. Like you did in the Olympics. Safer out. Safe. Safe. I've been hearing that. Like so many people were, you probably saw this, like so many people were complaining about it, like, and really upset about it. But then when I'd hear from the players, you guys were all like, actually, we really like it. So. Yeah. I mean, the way I've, we've all played on really amazing softball fields and we've all played on softball fields that we never want to play on again. Um, and so I think just knowing what you can expect and like turfs are going to have different bounces and stuff, but you're never going to encounter a bad turf field. So I think just the consistency and it plays consistently. And so you're not going to get a bad hop that loses you a game. So I love that aspect and, um, just you save on laundry too. Hey, I didn't think of it that way, but you're right. <laughs> As someone who slides a lot, I don't miss dirt all the time, but I love a good solid dirt field. You just don't always know what you're going to expect. A hundred percent. Also, maybe you don't get as like cut up on the dives and like things like that in the dirt. Yes. It's all yes. Good point. Yes. Raspberries, no more. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Also, like I love to so many, obviously Olympians in AU and you guys already competed on the altar field, like in Chicago, anyone who competed there with the MPF too, like wasn't new to you guys, yeah. which was cool. Yeah. yeah. Nice. Safe, okay. definitely. Don't mind it. All right. So, I mean, I guess I'm not surprised a couple of safes, like this is like Vic Hayward we're talking about in terms of your offense. Right? Got a nickel and dime. I'm just safe, safe, safe. That's the right. game. All right. Well, tell me about this last one. I might ask you this before too, but let me see. So much has changed since then. Bat flips safer out. I'm going to say out. I knew it. Cause last time I think you told me if I remember it, you're like, I would rather bat flip a bunt than a home run. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I'm going to say out. Um, maybe not out for like the small little ones, but for the big ones, it's just not how I play the game, but I feel free for other people to do it. I don't love when people do it against my team. So that means we also gave up a home run, which right. is probably the thing I don't like more, but I'm going to say out. Yeah, completely fair. Completely fair. Okay. So two saves that was obviously like hitting Vic. The last one was obviously like outfield Vic, which is fine. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. It's all about balance. <laughs> well, thank you again for joining. I mean, this is always so fun. Like I, I really enjoy chatting with you and I've loved watching your journey and, um, I can't wait to see where you go from here. I know it's going to be all good things. So thank you. Yeah. Thank you. I'm so honored to be among Natasha Watley of the two returners on your podcast. I love 
keeping up with your podcast and everything you're doing, continuing to do for the sport. Thank you. Yes. Two of the best friends of the show. That's you too. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. It's always fun having Victoria Hayward on the show. You know, I think people talk about living the dream, but not a ton of people actually do it. And she's one of the few who actually is living the dream. It doesn't mean the dream is easy or glamorous all the time. It's certainly not, but the payoff is worth it. And she's proof of that. Also, if you're mooseless, you're juiceless is now my new favorite thing. So that might be my biggest takeaway <laughs> from this conversation. So with that, let's transition to the foul tip of the week. This week's foul tip is about caring less. And it probably sounds weird because if you're listening to this, you probably actually care a lot about softball, women, sports. You care about something. And usually when people really want to get it across that something means nothing to them, they say, I couldn't care less. And I have to point this out. It's not, I could care less. So many people say, I could care less, by the way. It's not, I'm a grammar guru, so I hate that. It's, I couldn't care less. If you could care less, that means like that maybe you do care, right? Anyway, back to the point. People say, I couldn't care less. As athletes, we dedicate ourselves to our craft, and we care a lot about our sport and how we go about playing it and respecting it. And we're told caring a lot is a good thing, which it is. But sometimes I think it can also be an excuse or a crutch almost for getting tense, rattled, or pouting when something goes wrong. Because we're like, well, I just care so much. So sometimes we take caring too far. When you care to too high of a level... You could be letting the results that happen on the field be the end-all, be-all in your life. And if you're letting what happens on the field determine your mood, then you can start to like internalize some of those self-thoughts, which might be negative, and then all of a sudden we're letting results define our worth as a person because we care. And Kat literally said it again in the post-game interview that she didn't care about being in eighth place going into the game. She just wanted to relax, get the win for her team. And that's exactly what she did, and then some, as a result. And it's not that she literally doesn't care, right? Like, I can assure you, she cares quite a bit. But she's separating the game from the human. If she would have cared so much about what happened to her the last couple games, she could have ended up spiraling and questioning herself and questioning everything. But instead, she didn't care about that, and she threw herself back in the lion's den and just went for it. She actually cared too much about her team to let her own stuff hurt them. So she had her priority straight on what to care about, first of all, and she let how much she cares be an asset, not a hindrance. And this is a big lesson for me too. I always feel like I care too much, but maybe it's just rethinking how I care. Maybe that's the key. Because we never want to be careless, but sometimes it's good for us to care less. So that's it. Care less. That's the foul tip of the week. You've been listening to Believe in Softball presented by Bet Online. The show is available anywhere you get your podcasts, Apple, Spotify, wherever else you listen, including Believe.com. And you can also watch the videos on YouTube as well. Subscribe, rate, write a review, share it with your friends if you liked it. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Believe in Softball. Again, that's B L E A V. You can always reach out to me on Twitter at JennaBacera01 and Instagram at JennaBacera as well. Thank you for tuning in and catch you soon.
Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.